That's Questionable, a podcast exploring religion, asking difficult questions, and encouraging honesty. You can join the conversation at thatsquestionable.com, That's Questionable podcast on Instagram, or at That's Question 01 on Twitter. Jim here with my friends David and Nathan. Hello. Good evening. And we have got some questions. David? So I will take the first question. So what is wisdom? Cut. <laughs> Say what is wisdom And scene. <laughs> and I'll cut that out. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Okay, so um, in terms of Christianity, what is wisdom? So what is wisdom according to the Bible? Uh, And so let me read, um, I'm going to read a a quote from Leaving the Fold by Marlene Winnell. And uh, many people that are questioning their faith... um, have read this, or it might be a good resource for you, but her quote is this, God is defined in terms of these words, and referring to wisdom and just and righteous, and they are all redefined in terms of Him. Any wisdom from other sources is declared null and void. People who have contributed in art, science, and politics are absurdly called foolish and wicked. Because they brought something other than the Christian gospel. So, what do you guys think about that? Foolish, huh? Is this the same uh, wisdom that you look at the earth and realize it's millions and millions of years old, but somehow that's foolish because it doesn't line up with some genealogy that somebody wrote down hundred, well, a couple thousand, few thousand years ago? Um, I don't know. I you know I struggled with this a lot through my um, through my Christian life. <clears throat> you know what do you do? What do you do when you run across thing facts that you know to be true, but yet you're being told at your church or from your pastor at your church that they're not. I mean, how many times have we gone through that? I mean, how many times have we been told, you know, wisdom is, um, um, what's the saying, the beginning of, uh, uh, the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord? Is that, did I say that right? Okay. Why, for some reason, it didn't sound right the way I said that. But, um, you know, I, I actually have to admit, I didn't understand that. And I heard pastors talk about that you know, over and over and over again, it's fear of the Lord. And you, cause you know, your natural reaction is, is why am I fearing anything? Like, am I fearing what God would do to me if I don't believe the right things or live the right way? Or do I just fear the Lord because, um, I'm supposed to, um, I have to admit a lot of that kind of stuff just didn't even make any sense to me. So, and I'm like, that's the beginning of wisdom or well, crud. I'm, I'm starting off on the wrong foot. But those are things that are, I think, are, you know, genuine concerns. You know, the other thing is, is I think there's 99% of the Christians walking around don't understand that either. Hmm. But um, I, I don't know. So I don't know about the other 1% that do. But, uh, but you know, 
I don't know. Uh, I, I'm curious to see where this is going to go and uh, what wisdom really means compared to what we might think it is now. It's the wisdom that passes all understanding. And that peace? Like flies uh, right back yes. past it's it? The peace that- no, no, the wisdom that we can't understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let, let, me, let, me, uh, let me just read something, uh, a passage, a couple of verses from... Uh, 1 Corinthians, that will be... 1 for, Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. All right, yeah. To our Aye. commander-in-chief. Yeah. Uh, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will thwart. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. So uh, when, I read, when, I, when I read that, I'm thinking, well, really, human wisdom is discouraged. That's, yeah. Human wisdom is really not something to look upon. So my question, this is really going to stir it up. How do how do Christian leaders use a verse like that to deal with their flock? It's free reign. I mean, a verse like that uh, couldn't you can take that and twist it any way you want. You can you can point at anything and say it's folly. Yeah. No matter no matter how much facts it's backed up by. Uh, you can you can point at it and say, yeah, that's that's just folly. Yeah. When when you read that verse, it makes me it makes me go back to some of the conversations that I have had with people recently. That you can boil the entire Bible down and the arguments around the Bible to the fact of heaven and hell. It's like either you uh, are taking one path that's going to, you're going to go to heaven or you take another path and you're going to go to hell. And it sounds like to me, like that verse is talking about, you know, wisdom is based completely around the idea that if you, you have to believe the right thing so that then you're in and that you will go to heaven and not go to hell. Those who don't believe that exactly like it should be, are the foolish and the and the unwise, and they will die and live eternity in hell. So, a lot of this is it boils completely around that entire thing. And I would think that if you walked into any church nowadays, they would tell you that everything around the entire debate of right, wrong, good, evil, is this right, is that wrong, is always going to be based around. Are you going to die and go to heaven or are you going to die and go to hell? And that's what they would base wisdom off of. Am I wrong on this? Uh, no, I think that's pretty general. Yeah, I mean, this is just kind of, if you yeah. want to do the, the big flyover, this is kind of the, the thing. So, you know, then they would, they would start nitpicking and getting into detail uh, within that. But, you know, you know I, I would think that. You know, a lot of churches would think that wisdom would be would support whatever they believed. 
you know. Well, and, and then you, you, you know, you start defining what, what we're talking about here. Okay. What would need to be defined uh, in, in that statement is gospel. Okay. Well, what's the gospel? And, you know, there are various interpretations of that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And, and who's going to interpret that? Right. The guy with all the wisdom. This may be circular with well, circular is, re- reasoning. It, it really is circular if you think about it, because you know it's always going to bring you. You know, you're always going to bring you around because at the end of the day, how do you know you have the right belief system, or the right ideology, or the right just belief that will get you to where you think you're going to go? Like ultimately, how do you know that? How do you know that's what the earlier writers intended to be? How do you know that that's, how do you know Jesus didn't go, he wasn't walking around telling everybody going, wow, I meant all of this stuff as a metaphor, you know, but they're writing it all down like I mean it literally. How do we know that that didn't happen? Like there's, there's so many things that are involved, but as, but what we want to do is, is take all of this, take everything and say, we know exactly what it all means. And if you want wisdom, then you just need to believe exactly what we tell you you should believe. And it's as simple as, tell me if you've heard this before, you know that you know that you know. Oh, yeah. You know that you know that you know. Basically, is that kind of code for just, do you, so do you believe I what I'm know. telling you? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it comes down to is control. I think this this is the type of thing that church leaders use to control their uh, their followers. I think that's what this is. It's you can't look at your own wisdom. You can't look at the wisdom of the world. You're supposed to look at the truth in the in the Bible as I interpret it, as I deliver to you in a sermon or speech or lesson or whatever it is. And uh, and I think that's what's so concerning to me is that is that as a as a human being as a Homo sapien, we should be striving for knowledge. And knowledge in the Bible and wisdom in the Bible is redefined. Yeah. So knowledge, uh, knowledge according to the to the Bible, or according to let's just say Christian, uh, the Christian not environment, but the Christian world, is hey, um, what the Bible says. It is. It is. Uh, Knowledge and wisdom is, you know, that the earth may be 10,000 years old or that we're supposed to, the wise thing to do is to, um, is to respect our anointed leaders and we're supposed to defer to them and we're supposed to honor them and we're supposed to do all these things that really put us in a, in a position of uh, subjugation them and that's wisdom that's the way that's the manipulation yeah that's the the manipulation manipulation. I, i think that's i think it's that knowledge there so a pastor can get up there and he's looked in strongs and looked at a couple greek words and gives a speech and and you know tries to um well doesn't try to he gives the meaning of the verse and he cherry picks some Greek words out of out of Strong's. Most of them don't know how to read Greek, and he can he can fashion a message that is meant to 
meet some kind of agenda that he that he has. And so uh, that is a part of the control. I'm going to give you the information, what you need. I'm going to tell you what the scripture says, and you're you know you're kind of supposed to fall in line because I'm the anointed leader. Yeah, and I, I didn't come up with this interpretation in order to control you. This is interpretation that I've gotten from years of other people wanting to control their people. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense. But, but, but going to what you were saying earlier, it seems like what Christian, especially evangelical Christianity, but Christianity in, 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 some, in some respects is telling people that to have a worldly understanding of things is a negative thing. And that's where it's contradicted. And that's where we get into these arguments and these fights where people go, well, I can look at the earth and see that it's very old. I can, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of brain power to realize the earth was not created 6,500 years ago. But yet we have people that do believe that and they consider that wisdom um, so it, it's almost like this kind of teaching gives them liberty to look at scientific evidence or just facts in general and say, ha, no, we don't need to believe that because we believe in the wisdom of the Lord. And, the, and, and this is, so this is what we, this is what we believe. And it creates a huge contradiction. So what, you know, I'm just, I'm looking at, at Romans, um, and uh, it talks about, or, or Paul, uh, you know, writes about how, um, you know, people didn't, the Romans, well, I don't know if it's, I guess it is the Romans, but they, um, he, he talks about how, how they do not honor God the way they should, and they are... And I'm just going to read this, verse 22. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And then it goes into, in the next couple of verses, about how they they serve the creature rather than the creator, uh, which I, I don't believe we should serve the creation either. But in the same chapter... Uh, and I, I was looking for it, didn't find it. It talks about people that should know God through his creation. And so as you start talking about, you know, we can look and see the earth is old, and so many Christian leaders are very dogmatic about the age of the earth being 6,500 years old. Matter of fact, some Christian schools, that's all they teach Yeah, is, is that. They don't teach evolution. They don't even teach old earth uh, theology. And and yet we, we're called to look at the creation. And, uh, for example, we're, we look at the heavens and we see stars that take billions of years for the light to reach the earth. And yet we're supposed to believe that the earth is 6,500 years old. Well, God put the light in the middle. So if we're supposed to, yeah. So we're supposed to look at the creation, <laughs> and the creation is not what it is. It's confusing. Well, that's misleading. It's a, yeah. So now, how's that wisdom? Yeah. How is that wisdom? So that's what we're supposed to do. Is we're supposed to be, to be, you know, wise, 
uh, and not serve the creation, but we're supposed to look at the creation. And the creation disproves what Christian leaders say the Bible says. But we're supposed to fall in line because wisdom means we follow the leaders, and that's what the leaders have determined what the truth is. Yeah, I mean, some of those or some of those old some of the Old Testament passages and like uh, you know Proverbs and Psalms they depict wisdom as actually making smart decisions, right? I mean, like yeah. Um, which which is fine. Who would negate that? Nobody would negate mm-hmm. that. Everybody goes, you know, it's like, you know, it's like we have people that make millions and millions of dollars off of saying things like live off of less than you make, you know? It's just kind of like, wow, that's pretty. That's a pretty common thing to do. That's a good understanding. It's not, I wouldn't say that's actually just biblical. I would say whoever wrote that down in the Bible probably heard that before from somebody So, so time out, time out. We're supposed to spend less than what we make? Yes. I need to write this down. Yeah, we better, yeah, hold on a second. Um, but uh, but it, it, it is, it, it gets it gets a little bit, um, I, I don't know, you were saying a whole lot in there. My brain's going in about three different directions. But I do say that there is an element of confusion that comes with trying to understand what we're supposed to take as wisdom from the Bible or from God. Do you think there's actual confusion or do you think that we are being confused? Oh man, I would think that we're actually, we're being confused. I would think we're being confused because in reality, uh, my personal opinion is, is wisdom is just making the right choices within the moment, you know? You know, if it would be um, um, if uh, if somebody is in need, wisdom would say, "Hey, meet that person's need." That's not a biblical concept. That's an that is a that is a human condition concept that anybody can understand. You do not have to go out and give your heart to Jesus Christ and dedicate your service to the church to be able to understand those kinds of things. Um, so anything outside of that would cause that, you know, you know, cause confusion. And I'm meaning like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, Christian pastors that would say, you can't even understand or do good unless you accept Jesus into your heart or Christ as your savior. And I'm sitting there going, that causes confusion. That causes confusion because that is an absolute false statement. That is not a true statement whatsoever. Um, but God, and, God is not the author of confusion. Well, and, and I think that lends to Jim's point is, 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 yeah, all the confusion is coming from ultimately from the people that are wanting to control and manipulate people. And I would even say, you know, we've even talked about how the Bible, yeah, the Bible is not inerrant. The Bible has been manipulated and controlled. And, you know, Bart Ehrman talks all the time about, hey, they probably took some of this stuff years later and wrote it because they wanted it to mean something. So you a know, specific something. Specific something. That's but we right. always hear, do not, you know, you who are without sin cast the first stone. And that's that whole passage is not even in the earliest uh, versions of the Bible that we have. So, you know, and 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 Christian apologists would tell you, like the last twelve verses of Mark, that well, hey, we know that's been added. Mm-hmm. So if I look at, at, at the, the Bible that I have in front of me right now, which is a, 
ESV study Bible, it has um, notations in it that those last 12 verses have been added. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know what other things have been added. So we may know what has been added, but we don't know what else has been added. Oh, absolutely. And, and therefore, so, wisdom is confusing. So, so, yeah, so we look to a scripture that is that is not inerrant and is not even the original version because we don't have the original version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, to, to rely on this, are there wise things in the Bible? Yes. There's also some pretty tough things in the Bible that I would not say are wise. And so I think we have to, um, I think we have to look at things kind of with a discerning mind and say, hey, you know, this is good for me and this really isn't good for me. Yeah. That's questionable. Yeah. Um, Are you questioning what I just said? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at this moment. Um, yeah. So, so let's go back to the original question which uh, I would paraphrase as, uh, what is biblical wisdom? Um, I think maybe now is a good time to back up and just start with what is biblical because there's a tricky word. I mean, it's a, it's a pervasive word. I mean, it's a word that we've had used, we've used it uh, j- just to say, hey, that's not biblical or we just, we're just biblical. That it's just whatever the Bible says. That's all we do. Uh, it sets us apart. It's how we're different. What do you think about the word biblical? What is, what does biblical mean to you? Or maybe that's two questions. What did biblical mean to you? What does biblical mean to you? Well, biblical used to mean to me that every answer Every answer you could ever search for was was in the Bible. Um, so you know, if it's biblical, you know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm just looking for a biblical understanding of this. Meaning, I need to go find some verse in the Bible that, if you take the verse, if you, you know, exegete that verse somewhat properly you're going to come up with some kind of idea that's commonly taken uh, agreed upon you know to be to be somewhat biblical um i don't know um you know um you know somebody might say well what's the hey well what are demons well if you go to a verse that talks about demons then you could say oh that's a biblical understanding of demons because it's only the Bible is describing w- what is going on. Um, the p- second part of your question, I think I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> so I'm not too sure. <laughs> uh, but I think the biblical, you know, um, biblical too is, is it's become a way that I think that that's what people say when they want you to not question what they have to say. It's the final authority. It's the final authority. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It doesn't matter if it's evil. It doesn't matter if it's... In there. I'm sorry? In there. If doesn't, Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just kind of like that's what people say is biblical. Um, and it can be very dangerous and damaging. Yes, yeah, so I, I think we can... Uh, I think we can look up, you know, several verses in Proverbs and 
Psalms that talks about wisdom. And, you know, you, you look at, like, what, what was wisdom with, um, with Solomon? Wisdom for Solomon was, was really make early in his reign, we need to clarify that, was, was making good decisions. So you could take one part of the Bible and say, well, the wise, what's wise according to the Bible are making good, prudent decisions. Okay. Uh, now, if God gave him him wisdom, he sure made a lot of stupid mistakes. <laughs> so, so I'm no, I don't know, I don't really understand that whole deal there. I guess he gave it, and I guess he gave it, and he took it back. Yeah. Um, you mean kind of like the you know, Solomon was the wisest the wisest person alive, but yet we sit there and condemn the amount of wives that he had. Well, the the yeah, fact that well, the fact that the the kingdom. As split. No, the kingdom split because of what he allowed to take place in his own household and in Israel. I mean, he, he followed after other gods and his wives led him astray. And so yeah. that's not a very wise thing. But I think the Bible, if we look at more of an Old Testament version of wisdom, it's definitely making good choices. For some reason, when it gets to the New Testament, Testament it becomes almost... Wisdom almost becomes following. It, instead of making wise decisions, it's mostly you really are better off being foolish and being having blind faith. So, to me, that's more of a control thing. Yeah. And so it, it's and I think that's where that's where I, I question the scriptures a little bit about you know when Paul wrote a lot of what he wrote wrote was it to control the church members. Or was it really what God was telling him to write? Because a lot of those verses have to do with, you know, hey, you're better off being basically dumb, falling after the ways of God. And so is that, I mean, I'm, God, I don't want to live my life that way. No. No. I mean, I, I think sometimes we get conf confused between wisdom and knowledge. I mean, knowledge is just knowing things. But wisdom is making good decisions. But I don't think the New Testament, and I'm sure somebody could cherry pick it and pick out a few verses oh, sure. yeah, that says that in the New Testament says that wisdom is this or that, but we just read one. I mean, you're, you're better off being, being a fool than being wise. Yeah, and, and, but, you know, to what end? That's the question, that's, that's what I'm saying. So like, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm searching or, or or kind of working this out. Like the, it, you're better to be a fool, based off of what? I mean, at that time you had the Old Testament law, so you're better to be a a fool in the world's eyes and follow the Old Testament law. I mean, you know, there were no concepts of heaven in the Old Testament. I mean, that so it's not like they thought that they were going to die and go to heaven. It's so that's why, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves and realize that the concepts and the ideologies of these understandings have morphed and changed over time. Mm -hmm. You know, what we're sitting here talking about and debating is wisdom probably is a far stretch from what they would have thought they would be debating 2,500, 3,000 years ago based off of what, what was written. So, you know, so it, it, it's saying... 
you know, it's almost like saying, hey, listen, the wise are going to get something. The unwise aren't going to get that something. Hmm. And so now we're arguing over what is that thing that everybody gets that they get to call themselves wise and the other people they get to call stupid and foolish. And that's why I'm saying everything I think in our world where we live in 2019 boils down to it's heaven and hell. If you're going to heaven, you're wise. If you're, if you're not going to heaven, you're a fool. And, and then so then the church gravitates all of these understandings around those concepts. And so, you know, that's where we get these nice, under, you know, I, that, that's where we get these hateful interpretations of scripture because, you know, what does God hate? God hates evil. Well, I hate evil too. And evil is all the things that are, is uh, um, um, against my understanding of how to get to heaven. So uh, Christians, you know, we hate gay people. We hate, uh, um, you know, all of the things that go with, you know, uh, you know, hey, where we live, we hate Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> we, we hate all of these things that we equate to be evil because that is wisdom because I've got to hate that because I'm going to heaven. We hate people that they, don't believe what we believe. Now, they, they, right. they won't say that. They, you're supposed to love those people, but at the end of the day... You know, that's not. I don't. I don't think Westboro Baptist is really as extreme in Christianity as as. You think it's more mainstream? Well, I think the hate part of it, yes, but the but the separatism is, and the arrogance to think that we're right and everybody else is wrong is very prevalent in Christianity. I'm not saying they're out there saying that you know, gays going to burn in hell or, you know, people that, that, that die, you know, in our military or, you know, are burning in hell. I, I, I'm not saying that, that our churches believe that, but I do believe that, that, yeah, there's a lot of commonality there as far as basically if you're wise, you're going to do what I tell you to do. That's right. It's a control thing. That's right. That's right. So you can get to heaven. That's right. So I just think that that's, that's what we've boiled it down to. But it's not just heaven. It, it's here. Okay. It's, so if we want to be blessed here, we need to be wise. So now it all yeah, becomes... Yeah, you're right. Now all, right. All the, it's almost like a, an exchange. It is. An exchange for my obedience, an exchange for me uh, you know, giving my loyalty to you, I'm going to prosper. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. And you're either with me or you're against me. Yeah, yeah, because I guess it is. Heaven is such a, it's, it's such a detachment to what we can understand. You know, you talk about, you talk about heaven enough, and at the end of the day, I think people start to drift because it's not something tangible. They can't touch it. They can't see it. They can't smell it. So you've got to kind of start bringing the blessings or the, the benefits of wisdom to you know to everyday life well hey if you believe these things then god will bless you and you can get these things back i mean my gosh i mean how many sermons have we sat around and listened to that talked about um man if you'll just do this you'll get this and i think that that's a that's a direct correlation to everybody as a direct correlation to the, a, a christian understanding of wisdom 
Yeah, but if, if you don't, in the, in the long run, you still get heaven, which explains why maybe you didn't get what you've been promised. What do you mean? Say it. Well, um, if, you, if you've been promised these things uh, based on your obedience or your faith or, or whatever, uh, heaven is that ultimate prize, you know, the ultimate carrot, that if you aren't seeing these things coming your way uh, in that belief system, then you still got that oh, to strive for. Yeah. You've okay. got that dangled that's in right. order to follow. Meaning where Paul's talking about running to win the prize. Yeah. Yep. You know, things like that. Um, but, well, why, why do you think, why do you think, why would, um, what do you think the meaning behind Paul saying things about running for the prize that some will get in, in insinuating in, the, in some of his writings that some will get better prizes than others. Like, I, I don't think Paul thought that through. <laughs> you, you know? Well. Uh, you talk. Well, uh, you know, this goes back to uh, when I asked about biblical. Uh, what you're feeling about the word biblical was or, or is or either way. I mean, so so let's say uh, you uh, adhere to, and which which I did for all, most all of my life, uh, that there the Bible is correct and accurate and there is nothing in it that isn't absolutely truth and right. You have to figure out a way to make those things work because... Wisdom, uh, with uh, quotation marks, uh, doesn't doesn't follow that. It doesn't follow that uh, uh, that there's a God who's who's giving better prizes to different people. You know that that flies in the face of so much of what I understood or who I understood God to be. Yeah. And so when that doesn't make sense, then you've got to start trying to figure out. And this is where we we go to uh, what you're saying, David, where we, we, we need to think. We've got to figure this out. Is there a way uh, that both of these things can work, uh, which a lot of times is, is difficult to do? But, but for me, I, w- I looked at, at uh, that concept of different prizes, and, and I interpreted it as um, God is the prize. In other words, intimacy and closeness with creator, our creator, was the prize. Mm -hmm. And there was no other prize. There was no other mansion. There was no other of these other metaphors Mm -hmm. that God was the prize. Few in Christianity would argue with me or could argue with me. Yeah. Um, But so what does he mean? There's, so I always thought, well, that just means that we're going to experience him more intimately not based on choices he's made, but based on choices and things that we've, you know, understood and, and followed. You know, if you, if you, uh, you know, said, Hey, uh, I got saved, I'm going to heaven. You, you know, that was it for you. And you just went about your life. Then when, uh, you know, you passed into the other world, uh, you still had a long ways to go yeah. in intimacy with God. And somebody who had found way more intimacy with him here 
uh, when they passed into heaven, then they would have less far to go for the ultimate intimacy. How does, how does wisdom relate to truth in a Christian construct? <laughs> I think we kind of hinted earlier that truth and wisdom aren't necessarily synonymous. Well, we're saying that. Well, okay. Our, our old understanding of wisdom is not sin- necessarily synonymous with truth. Okay. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, let me think here for a second. I, I, I don't know how you separate wisdom and truth. Now, what yeah. we would think, yeah. or how we would try to think about it now, because, you know, it's like, um, I, I think about, you know, if we boil Jesus down to some basic, basic understandings, um, love your neighbor as yourself, you know, there's wisdom in that. And there's truth that comes out of that understanding. But it, but wi- wisdom in Christianity would be one aspect of it would be following the truth of the gospel. And so, to me, what does that mean? Okay, so truth is is really Jesus uh, died on the cross. Like you have to like that's the wisdom. Well, the truth truth to Christianity would be acceptable. Doctrine. So truth would be the actual doctrine of the church is true. So if we're going to live our life daily according to the, the, to the Scripture, it's the truth of the Scripture. And anything that is outside of that is a lie. So anything worldly or any kind of worldly you know, uh, assertions or worldly wisdom would be a lie. That's foolishness. But truth would be what we are. It's wise to believe the truth of the Scripture, according to Christianity. And I would not. I wouldn't mind getting into some specifics here. Meaning, like, like, um, okay, a literal interpretation of things. Adam and Eve were they real people? Well, somebody could teach. Well, yeah, of course they were. They were the first two human beings that God created. He set them in the Garden of Eden. And, and thus spun off the history of the, our known uh, existence. Of all of mankind. All of mankind. All of mankind. So if somebody came along and said, well, I really think that that's actually a metaphor that was a story to tell, you know, kind of where things, health, where things came from, that would be, oh, they are not being true to the word of God. They are deviating, and therefore they are against wisdom, and that is untruthful. Is that is that kind of where we're going with this? So you know, I've, I've always there, there's a pastor that I used to listen to a lot. He would, he was a young earther, and and uh, although I've never been a young earther, um, he would he would make a statement and say. Uh, the question was, what do, you take, what do you take as literal truth in the Bible and what do you take as figurative truth in the Bible? And his response was, you take everything literal, what you take literal, and you take everything figurative, what you have to take figurative. But yet you have Where's that line? What that is. <laughs> Where's that line? So, okay, so Jesus, Jesus is a door, but he's not literally a door. He's the vine, but he's not literally a vine. So I think we can... We can say that's figurative, but 
did a snake actually come up, a serpent come up and talk to Eve? Was that a metaphor or was that a literal thing that actually happened? And I think that's where it gets really fuzzy that wisdom in, in most people's eyes, worldly wisdom, would tell you that, hey, uh, all the animals in the entire world did not get on an ark. So that would be worldly wisdom, which according to the Bible, the truth of the Bible, that would be a lie from Satan. But I, I think that's where, now, was that figurative? I mean, to me, it would make a lot more sense to take that as a as a metaphor or, mm-hmm. than it would be to take it as actual truth. So that line is continually moving according to, I guess, whoever's talking. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, and again, man, we're we're at a situation where, you know, we're saying, well, if somebody makes a statement, we're going, well, hey, listen, that's questionable, because, you know, we're in this realm where nobody, nobody, nobody knows, nobody knows the answer. Now, now, well, I think we, we know that we all know the an, we, all the animals in the world didn't get on a boat. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I, I, and I was th- I was sitting there thinking about, you know, Adam and Eve, but like. You know, nobody was there, so nobody actually knows. But what we could do is, is we could go back and take scientific evidence and realize, well, that's, that, you know, there's a pretty good chance that that's not what happened. And it's safe to believe that. And so that's what I think, you know, a lot of what we need to do is, is when we talk to, you know, believers and Christians, realizing that they are safe to think that and know that. It's time to rethink some of these understandings of how we've approached the Bible, because I think we all sit here and think that, man, there is a ton of wisdom that comes out of the Bible, but it becomes a weapon when you use it to separate people, and that's where it becomes extremely dangerous, and that's, I think that that, well, I'll say it this way, that's what I'm completely against. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you just think about it for a second, you, you, uh, so what's the purpose of, what's the metaphor? So the metaphor is, it's a, it's a metaphor for all the animals getting on an ark. Well, what's the purpose of that metaphor? Is it, you know, what's the moral? What's the lesson? What do we get from it? Uh, obedience is the only one I can think of. Yeah. Well, obedience, I think, yeah, I think there's safety in obeying God. Oh, was so, so, so there's, there's God will draw us in and will protect us and will save us from the evil. And so there's probably some kind of truth in that. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there, there's a, and you know, that might be a great idea for a that's questionable episode. Maybe we have an episode that's <laughs> literal or figurative where we go through different stories of the Bible and, and try to figure out what 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 should be taken literal and sh- what should not be taken literal. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, th- I think that that's part of the journey that everybody's on, you know. I think everybody needs to sit down and, um, you know, I'll go down. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go down the, the really bad trail here. It's just kind of like, you know, the life and death of, of Christ. I mean, um, did... Did Jesus die on the cross and then and then raise from the dead? <clears throat> well, what does it matter if you say you believe in that 
but yet you smack your spouse around. So isn't it better to under, take an understanding? What's better, to understand that literally or to take that figuratively that realize that life needs to, we need to die to ourselves and be born in, in, into a better understanding that we love our neighbor neighbor as ourself, where thou becomes a tangible expression of love to the people around us. So what what does it matter? You can say you believe that 100% all day long and be a complete jerk to people. Or you can be a completely wonderful person that understands that concept and what it does and say, yeah, I don't, I don't even know if Jesus ever lived. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. And, and, but that's something that I think everybody has to wrestle with because there's a deeper meaning within that. But what we've done within Christianity is we've come back and said that, that, that within this argument of wisdom, that now all of a sudden it's just kind of like, oh, well, if you don't believe this, Again, you're dying and going to hell. Everything is a debate comes back to the concept of, well, do you believe this to go to heaven or do you not believe that and you're going to go to hell? And we can say we're going to heaven and we can still be completely jerk, complete, be complete jerks to people around us. You know, we can get the whole or miss the whole concept of wisdom altogether. And I think that that's only the kind of things that you can start to think about. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, uh, maybe, maybe this is wrong for me to say, but you have to kind of step outside of your little religious bubble to try to, to s- start seeing things from the other side. But we can't because, like you said, you know, we pastors are railing against us all the time that if we ever start to think for ourselves, then we're in trouble. You're going to hell, and not only are you going to hell, but according to Hebrews, there's no way back for you. That's right. Jim, you say things. Things. <laughs> uh, and I will have to say, I've, this is, these are, what I just said was years of conversation that you and I have had. It was just talking through the ideas that, you know, you start to see the humanity of people within religion and realizing that, that that religion that they say they believe in isn't doing them any good. Yeah, the gospel, the good news, uh, as we understood it for so many years, wasn't really that good a news at all. Mm-mm. You know, it, it was, oh my, filled with fear. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the good news to me, uh, and and was uh, you know kind of it, it was a precursor to where I where I sit today. The good news was that uh, God's not who we think He is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so much of uh, we've talked a lot about the Bible and biblical and wisdom and and all of that today. But uh, you know, <laughs> the the best news that I could get would be that. God's not who I thought he was for so long. Yeah. So what's better than good news? It's the best news. The best news. The, that's, <laughs> that's not, that is not who he is. Well, and we personify God so much. I mean, we all, you know, if we were honest with ourselves, who would actually want the God that we actually make up in our own heads or that we pull out of Scripture? You know, we all think that the, our God is the one who's going to destroy all of our enemies. You know, 
um, where, you know, <laughs> you just wait because God's going to get you. You know, he's going to, he, we're going to get revenge, you know. And um, it's a very kind of, it's a, <laughs> it's a very demented you know, understanding to think that you should rely on your God to destroy the people around you that you disagree with. Well, but that's a sword in the bottle. So uh, if we take the, the Israelites coming out of Egypt and dealing with Pharaoh, mm-hmm. it says that God hardened his heart and he sends plagues. He didn't and, stand a chance, did he? Yeah, he didn't stand a chance. And then not only did he send plagues, but he ended up killing, uh, that sounded country, killing. Uh, <laughs> killing, uh, yeah, killing uh, all of the firstborn in in Egypt. So the only way you were you were saved from that is to kill a lamb, an innocent lamb, and put it on your your doorpost. And so, you know, when you start thinking in terms of that, mm-hmm. is that a loving God? Wasn't there any other way than to kill every firstborn in Egypt? Well, I'd say all the moms and, you know, maybe some of the fathers, I'm just thinking, but all the moms in Egypt that lost their firstborn child, why would, well, why, why would you ever expect Pharaoh to do anything else but pursue them and want to destroy them because they just lost? Their mm-hmm. loss would have been huge. I mean, yeah. just think about it in our life. Think about if every firstborn child in the United States died right now. And we let some, you know, people go back to another country. I mean, do you think we would all be sitting around going, oh, you're, well, dang it, well, that was the right God. You know, we would be furious. We would be, we, we would be beyond. Devastated. Devastated, you know. So, so if you're a Christian, do you want that to be a literal story? No way. I, I would never want that to be a literal no, story. That, no way. That the God that I look at as love, God is love, would kill every firstborn ch- child in the country yeah. or in an area or whatever whatever it would be defined to be in the Bible. But that's a that's not a God that really that that's I mean that's that's horrific. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, you know, I'll step off the cliff here. That's not God at all. In fact that you know right. the, those stories didn't represent God in any way whatsoever. Those were, uh, that was the evil of man blaming it on God. That's right. Give almost, that was the evil of man. Justifying. Justifying, blaming it on God for what they, what they want to do, what, what they really want to do. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, it, it's the same thing. I mean, you can go through any story in the Bible and realize and see the heart of man is what's writing that. Ananias and Sapphira. Um, you know, the Jericho, Jericho, I mean, Amalekites, Jebusites, all Philistines, of the, all of the ites, um, you know, the, you know, the <laughs> Nephilim, you know, that's why the Nephilim are going to return because they're mad because they all got wiped out. <laughs> well, they came back in the game of Thrones. Some <laughs> did of them, they really? Yeah, I they haven't did. seen a, a single episode. Yeah. For yeah. those of you that don't know what Nephilim is, um, just stay there. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're they're, so lucky. <laughs> they're, they're, so, uh, well, let me explain that real quick because this will go to the truth of the Bible. So, and Jesus fallen says. angels cohabitated with the with the daughters of men and had Rosemary's baby, it, and that was oh, a nephilim. Oh, but, oh, so it was half demon, half 
yeah. human. That's right. I mean, come yeah. on. Who who with who with um, okay, let me You should nice. not be unequally yoked. <laughs> that's that's the real story here. That's the metaphor. That's the here. that will preach right the there. Here. You know, it's just kind of like, well, of course that's myth. That's an absolute that's just that's just story. That's just lore. You know. Um, you know, but it's my defense. Yeah. I um yeah, so they were all wiped out by the flood, but then there were people like Nephilim when oh, Israel pronunciation. wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was Southern Greek. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whenever uh, you know the the Israelites were supposed to go into the land um, and take the land back, there were giants like Nephilim. So yeah, they were like grasshoppers. Yeah, so I guess they survived, or they didn't, or maybe the water was. Maybe Deep they, enough to kill normal humans, but they, they were. Maybe they were all good jumpers. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe they were just so tall. But <laughs> but any event, I don't mean to be offensive. I really don't. But I think um, you know, as we say in the South, we've kind of gone on a boondoggle here. Yeah. Well, from I, our conversation know, on I, wisdom. Oh, I think we're. I think we're. You know, we are going down a rabbit trail. But at the same time, these are all the the things that we're s- supposed to believe in through in, in, within yeah. truth and wisdom and we're sitting here saying well hold, hold on a second this is that's questionable on a lot of this <laughs> stuff i know it in it's questionable it's questionable good job working because that in it, because it doesn't make any sense to yeah. think about it that way there yeah. is no truth or wisdom if you take in literal interpretations of a lot of these uh, verses in the bible it's just frightening is yeah you know i i I always kind of bring it back to you know a lot of times calvinists or even people having conversations in the bible it's just kind of like you know you know if you always put it in within the person the 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 experience of the person that you're talking about you know you you mentioned jericho where you know it's just kind of like well they were just like well they're just being obedient to god they were just evil it's just kind of like so you think that the five and seven year old kids that were sitting there probably running around terrified that there was this army that was surrounding this town. They had no idea what was going on. They were just, you know, happy to be, you know, who they were. They're asking their mom and dad what's going on. And then this army comes, the walls come down, this army comes down and literally slaughters them. And, you know, and you ask parents, you know, it's like, well, you know, what if you were that parent and you sat there and watched your children be slaughtered by people that say they're claim they're being sent from God? And it becomes real. You know, it becomes real, real quick. Or, or the, the like I say, the Calvinists that go, well, you're only going to be saved if God chose you from the foundation of the world. It's just kind of like, so are you content believing in a God? that chose, willfully chose for your child to not believe in him so they will be tortured for eternity in hell. They didn't have a choice. So you're fine with that. Your daughter, your son will be tortured forever because God never chose them. You're good believing in that God. And in my opinion is, is if they say yes, it's because they're as selfish as, 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 as you can be because they're like, well, I get, I'm saved. And you know what? And I've always said this. I've Not always, but I, I say this. You know what? I really do. If heaven is real, and if we all go up there for judgment, 
I really do wonder if God will do, or Jesus would do, the final act uh, uh, within this whole thing and go, hey, okay, all of you who have believed in me, great job. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> appreciate it. So as your final act of love, I want you to give up your seat to somebody who never believed and allow them to take your seat at the table and you be cast into eternal darkness. Are you willing to do that? And I'm telling you, it will cause you to search yourself because about 99% of the people who say, well, God, didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I do these great things in your name? Where's my great reward? And you start to realize that this wisdom that we're talking about of the Bible is very selfish and very self-indulgent and very inward-looking where you look at yourself and you see, look what I get. And it totally negates any idea of loving your neighbor as yourself. So if that were to happen... Uh, I think some Christians would have some buyer's remorse. <laughs> Wait a second. This oh, is man. Not, this is not what my pastor told me was going to happen. I was the greatest, you know, around. Just listen to me. I was the greatest around. <laughs> I had a mega church. I thought my mansion was going to be yeah. huge. Yeah. These are streets of gold. Yeah. Uh, no, we're just being silly now. But, but I do think that... Um, we need to, I don't know, we just need to think about the idea of wisdom. And what I think is wisdom now is not necessarily what I thought or was taught biblical wisdom is. Yeah. I think the same thing about love. And so I think maybe in a future episode we talk about that. Yeah. How... how you know, does the Bible redefine love? Maybe that's a good. Maybe that's a it good definitely segue does. To, to next yeah. week, or kind of a yeah, that, that not might be, segue, but might be a good one for next week. Yeah, well, we talk about how you know is love in a in a Christian you know understanding different than love outside of Christianity. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Well, I, I don't it's, feel it's, any wiser after talking to you guys. <laughs> well then, uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> yes, we've, we've been trying to sow confusion. That's right. Yeah, I'm very confused now. Well, hmm. well yeah, and, and I guess that's true. We're not trying to sow confusion. We're trying to tell people that at, at some point in time, you have to, you have to think. You do have to think. You have to stop listening to pastors. You have to stop listening to all of that stuff where they say stop thinking. And you have to think for yourself. Well, if we have free will, wouldn't God want us to think for ourselves? Not according to these pastors. Well, it depends if you're Calvinist or not. Yeah. Why are we always talking about this kid with a tiger, a stuffed tiger? Calvin? Oh, Calvin. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it! It took me a while to get there. It took there. me a minute I feel to. Feel really bad. Yeah, mm. gotta work a dad joke in every now and then. Yeah, no, that's because I was taking it literal. Yeah, wisdom, <laughs> wisdom. 
Wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom. Well, yeah. Wisdom. Wisdom is truth. Yeah. No matter who's, what that who's, truth who's, is. Whose who's truth? That's the actual question. truth. I, you know, that's, there is actual. Now we, now I we're think back that's a great point, though. That, that's a great point, Jim. I mean, there is actual truth. There is actual truth. What true is what true is true, right? Yeah. How What's we know that? And so a Christian would say, you know that through the Bible. Yeah. A a a somebody who you know outside of Christianity would say probably we're more you know we're questioning what that is. We're searching for truth. There's certain truths that are. In nature, there's certain truths that are that are in history, and there's certain truths that are just evident. Uh, but somebody outside of Christianity are, not, are probably not going to think that the cr- truths that are evident are actually in the Bible. Yeah. And well, just, and then we get back to the word biblical again, which which is. Um, you know, uh, Nathan touched on a little bit when we were talking about that, but you know, to me, it's a word that has no meaning. The word, the term That's biblical, yeah, the, the term biblical is a word with zero meaning. It means nothing, uh, because there's thousands of interpretations of what the Bible says on any given verse. Mm. Uh, and, uh, because of, uh, the, the manipulation that's gone on for centuries, the way the Bible gets used uh, to uh, uh, bring power to individuals, um, it, it's just a term that 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 has has no use. You you look at uh, love. Well, let's talk about this next week. But you know, take love. People define love based on the Bible, as opposed to. Defining the Bible based on love, That's right. hmm. and uh, if exactly God exactly how you get hate exactly yes, and wow. that's yes. Uh, so maybe that's, that's a great. That's a great point. Maybe that's a good place for us to stop here with uh, episode three, and and uh, next time you listen to us, uh, let's get into that a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. So Nathan, do you want to crunch anything before we leave? Or? <laughs> I couldn't get any ice. Yeah, okay. Thanks for listening. Our greatest hope for this podcast is for you to join the conversation. You can do so at that'squestionable.com, that's questionable podcast on Instagram, or that's question a one on Twitter. I look forward to hearing from you. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those casting the pod.